It's 5 p.m. somewhere in the metaverse, and that means it's time for Meta Hour, the podcast. Welcome to another episode of Meta Hour, the podcast, episode two. Meta Hour is a weekly podcast bringing you news, noteworthy events, happenings in the metaverse, decentralized technologies, entertainment, and of course, a Meta Hour cocktail to enjoy. Today's cocktail is a Metatonic, a juniper flavored classic drink of the gin and tonic. Actually, it's just a gin and tonic, but we call it the Metatonic because we drink it in the metaverse. And don't forget to stick around to the end of the episode where we'll discuss the Metatonic and how you can make one to enjoy for yourself during your next Meta Hour. This is the second episode of Meta Hour, the podcast. Today, we'll be talking about what is the metaverse in general, how some big news about augmented reality will be driving metaverse development, central or decentralized, hmm, and a throwback to the original metaverses. And then we'll be following up with our cocktail. We've had some uh, feedback already after the first episode, surprisingly, the eight-minute episode. Um, One thing people were asking about was getting a little more background information on what some of these terminologies are. I think a lot of people didn't know what ZK Rolps were or sidechains, Ethereum. I think it's interesting kind of just look at what the metaverse is and how it's understood now. It's surprising. You know, I've spent a lot of time reading. I've been involved in cryptocurrencies for a long time, technology. Um, to me, the metaverse just kind of makes sense. Science fiction books I read when I was younger. But a lot of people still don't quite understand what that term means. And I think um, it's interesting to kind of just break down where metaverse comes from and what meta means. Um, I think at the top level, uh, anything that's meta is typically information that's carried on the back of something else. Um, so we have the universe and we have the metaverse. It's a continuous universe that we have, but then you tag on an exterior level of information, namely uh, a Ready Player One-like um, environment where you exist in a character outside of yourself. Um, and I think that in the future, far in the future, it's possible that that type of metaverse will be what we end up at. But it's going to take a lot to get that ready player one type technology going. Um, And it's going to take a lot of not just technology, but it's going to take a lot of people's minds changing and the abilities to stay submerged in a game like atmosphere like that for a long time. Vision problems, um, orientation feelings, you know, just health concerns. But I do think that, you know, between now and then... um, there are some metaverses we, we know that exist now. There's Decentraland, which is just a browser-based game you can jump into, um, and everyone runs around with each other. There was games like Second Life, and um, you could even look at video games that are multiplayer games like World of Warcraft um, as being kind of limited metaverses. Um, I think that the idea that, you know, I, I hate to come back to Facebook, everyone wants to hate on them, and you know, whatever they've done, good or bad, they they kind of are breaking society right now with this term meta um, and their idea of the metaverse. It's really bringing into the into the four minds of people out there. But 
um, their idea that metaverse is this ready player one type um, world with goggles and you know fully immersive but I think that in reality it's going to be more augmented to start um, and ironically earlier today I was taking a ride with a friend in his classic 70s vet to get lunch and as we were heading down there the topic of the metaverse came up and I was explaining to him that while Facebook meta is pushing the concept of Ready Player One in their advertising and getting people excited about this, even though it's going to take 20 years. Um, and it will take an incredibly long time to not only build, to get people plugged in, but in the meantime, the metaverse as we understand it will be uh, a blend of reality and virtual reality in what we already know of as augmented reality, which I'm sure you know most people are familiar with, the idea that we wear glasses or even look through our phones and we see something that's not there. It only exists um, in the digital world and overlaid on top of the the, uh, real world to create an augmented world. Um, And well, the point is, a few hours later, TechCrunch this afternoon reported that uh, Niantic of Pokemon Go, uh, the developers, had raised $300 million with a $9 billion valuation to build a real-world metaverse, um, which is an augmented reality metaverse. And according to Antic CEO, uh, John Hawk, they're building a future where the real world is overlaid with digital creations, entertainment, and information, making it more magical, fun, and informative. I love how it's magical. Um, a general partner of KOTU, who's the investment company who made the $300 million investment, says that Niantic is building a platform for AR based on a 3D map of the world that we believe will play a critical role in the next transition in computing. And I think that's really um, the kind of the key point there, that Niantic is building a technology that is tangible. Um, they're going to map the world, supposedly, and be able to create a second layer of information that you can access through a computer, through goggles, through a phone. I mean, I don't know what, you know, it's going to be specifically, most likely a mobile device, um, a la Pokemon Go. Um, And I think that that means is it's not just, you know, meta Facebook creating this metaverse. It's not just Decentraland, what they've got. We have just, as of today, a new player who's going to step up in a big way to create this second layer of uh, information we're going to be able to access. Um, and there'll surely be more companies jumping into this space with billions of dollars in capital investment. Um, but the concept of building a mappable, interactive, real-world metaverse overlay seems far more tangible in the near future than the Ready Player One type future we're all expecting or that Meta is kind of putting out there. Which kind of brings up the next topic. Can metaverse be centralized? Facebook seems to think so. Uh, I think their idea is that they're going to create this kind of IP that you have to plug into their world. Even you know, it's very central core to Facebook and interact through their social platform. Um, Niantic probably thinking the same thing. Uh, they're going to create this mappable um, overlay of the real world where you can interact with um, things that are only existing in their mapped version of augmented reality but i think it has to be universal i mean it can't just be facebook for sony or versus microsoft who i'm sure is going to be developing something 
or we're announcing something at least soon to get money raised, you're going to have to function like the internet, where you move between platforms or worlds or however it's defined without needing to change your glasses or your ocular implants, you know, one day in the future. It can't function like it used to back in the days before the internet. We had standalone platforms like CompuServe and Prodigy, where you had to dial into them one at a time to access whatever data they were holding. Or individuals who had bolt-to-bolt services. Um, WWIV was a popular one, where you had a modem and you called your friend's house and connected to his computer and you could leave messages for other people to read. But it was all very, you know, centralized in that sense, um, where each person was their own node. And I think that these standalone platforms were many worlds uh, were a place you could feel like you traveled to, much like the future metaverse, um, but they weren't interconnected, and they required distinct software and, and made them all very isolated from each other. I can't see a world in the future where you're going to need to change a piece of hardware or disconnect your glasses in order to move from Zuckerberg's to Niantic's to Gates' platforms. Even if Meta is saying, we'll build it together, which is their kind of catchphrase, the goal is retention, and there's no way they're going to build a platform that is open-ended. Um, most likely, we'll have to see bridging platforms that get created that allow you to migrate from one multiverse to another multiverse without having to leave the comfort of your glasses or your hardware. Or things are kind of plug or play. Or kind of to bring it full circle, smaller, independent, decentralized metaverses will start to take hold um, and offset any of the one corporation's holds. Um, but that's probably asking too much for right now. Most people out there have been trying to explain the metaverse tend to use Ready Player One as a go-to example, but there have been countless other VR-encompassing fictionalized stories. Um, Neil Stevenson's Snow Crash, William Gibson's Neuromancer. Uh, interesting side note, Gibson actually coined the term cyberspace in Neuromancer back in 1984. Um, which I think cyberspace has actually become a bit of an old term now anyway. Uh, very 90s, I think, was, was that was used. Um, but one thing we may not think about, which was the kind of a pentultimate multiverse, is the Matrix series. Granted, most of humanity didn't have much choice to exist in that metaverse. It still technically is a universe with an overlay of additional metadata, even if it's overlaid through their brains directly. Um, and as we know, the next movie installment is coming out in about a month. And the reason I diverge is today they released a series of character posters for promotion. A uh, pretty typical thing to do. In each character gets its own poster. Uh, but the reason I bring it up is there's one for the character, the analyst, played by none other than Neil Patrick Harris. And while the fact that Neil Patrick Harris is in the movie is not exactly new news, Seeing him in the poster just did something funny to my mind. Um, and I think it's kind of best summed up by a Reddit quote by LikeZoinks305, who said, If you told me 10 years ago that Neil Patrick Harris would be in a Matrix sequel, I wouldn't know how to respond. And to be honest, neither do I. But this is a great time to switch gears and take a look at our Meta Hour cocktail for the week, the Metatonic a traditional gin and tonic made for the metaverse. Uh, a gin and tonic is very simple by nature. It's only a two to one ratio, twice as much tonic to one part gin. It's important to get a good quality tonic that is not too sweet. 
it can overpower the gin that you've chosen. Subsequently, the gin can be a few different variations. The traditional English beef eater gin, tangeray, those work as a solid choice. But you can also delve into some of the more sweeter tones. Um, there's a lot of gins out there that are becoming craft kind of cocktail varieties. You can find them at most higher-end liquor stores now. I even came across a whole entire selection of them at Whole Foods, which is it started carrying liquors. They had quite a nice selection with tasting notes on the bottles. It's a very simple drink. Two ounces of gin, four ounces of tonic, over ice, give it a stir, add a squeeze of lime, and serve. I always think of gin and tonics as a traditionally summer drink, but I find that on any meta hour, they're just as refreshing. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Meta Hour, the podcast. We'll be back next week with more news and updates on the metaverse, technology, cryptocurrency, decentralization, and more. And of course, we'll have another Meta Hour cocktail to enjoy because it's always 5 p.m. in the metaverse. I'm your host, Ben Stanley, saying cheers. Cheers.